It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast for 2023, available, of course, every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your good podcast from. Well, it's a Tuesday, the 21st day of February for 2023, and it's reasonable to state that millennials right now now probably have the most testing of times ever to become part of the Australian property market. And interestingly, rolled up in all of this are politicians, meaning why might a self-interested politician choose to ignore concerns of millennials despite their significant size and the pressing issue of the housing crisis? This is something that we are going to be discussing this morning with Simon Kustenmaha from the Demographics Group. And a very good morning to you, Simon. Welcome back for the first time in 2023 to the Real Estate Breakfast. Oh, fantastic. It's great to be back. So how have you started off your 2023? Ah, oh, travel is back on. So I'm, I'm traveling for public speaking to conferences around the country quite a bit. And it's always a nice way after the holidays to actually check the, the mood, the temperature of the economy. And of course, work with different industries. And the, the outlook is a bit different in different industries. And property, I would say overall um, estimates, a bit of a flat 2023 um, ahead of us. Probably the recent uh, interest rate rises might actually make this outlook a bit more pessimistic in the next couple of months. Mm, Yeah, pessimism is probably part of the 2023 year. All right, well, we'll come back to you in just a moment, Simon. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. And if you're celebrating your birthday today for February the 21st, happy birthday to you. You're celebrating it with Sophie Beam. She is 23. Kelsey Chow is 31 today and Jennifer Love Hewitt as she's on the birthday calls she's celebrating her 43rd birthday it's the main center forecast and around the country let's check on your Tuesday weather Sydney expecting showers and a possible storm today so it's going to be wet with 29 Melbourne partly cloudy with 22 Brisbane expecting a possible possible shower otherwise mainly dry skies with 30 degrees and in Perth the sunshine continues yes 31 degrees and plenty of the blue stuff for your Tuesday morning. If you've got a question that needs answering, you can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. And Simon is back with us and, as mentioned, talking about these uh, politicians and the millennials. On on one hand, you've got the millennials that are uh, quite interested in politics, but perhaps the, the politicians are not paying as much attention to the millennials, particularly with the, the housing crisis. 
enterprises. What do you make of all of that? The idea here is is quite simple. We would say that a very self-interested politician, this is of course only a hypothetical uh, figure. I'm sure all politicians have the interest of the whole population in mind, but a self-interested politician might only be concerned about their voters, not the particular um, society as a whole. And while we talk a lot about the millennials by far being the biggest generation in Australia, they actually aren't the biggest generation in Australia. If you only look at the voting public, if you only look at Australian citizens, there's such a big chunk of the millennial population that are not citizens yet. These are migrants in their 20s, 30s and early 40s. They make up about uh, well over a third of this of this cohort. So they can be completely ignored. And then some of the millennials are already homeowners. So you have them on your side if you have a policy, a political platform that pushes for high house prices. So you don't really need to take the concerns of millennials that might want to enter the, the housing market all that seriously. Even though they are the strongest and biggest cohort, you can kind of push their concerns aside. Sounds, of course, very cynical because it kind of is cynical. Yeah, and the millennials, unfortunately, of course, they are bearing the the brunt of these interest rate rises. And of course, uh, just yesterday, I was talking with Hayden Grove about these mortgage homeowners that are going to be basically coming off these fixed term rates and going into almost a default situation where the bank just might say you cannot afford your mortgage any longer, which is pretty scary. Uh, it's it's scary for the individual family uh, where that is the case, but it is, of course, even more scary, if you will, from a societal perspective. We had too many homeowners default uh, because that means they can't service their loan. That means they actually have to be kicked out of the house or the bank takes ownership, whatever. These are just too complicated issues at scale. And if this happens at the order of magnitude that we are hinting at occasionally, a bank couldn't probably even handle all of this. So it's very much in the interest of the the banking system as a whole to avoid anyone defaulting at scale on their um, on their mortgages. So I would expect that banks come up very quickly with something like repayment holidays, where you switch people over to interest uh, only payments uh, for half a year or something like this. Ultimately, this is probably a very bad uh, deal for the individual homeowner, but it is much better than defaulting on the mortgage for the whole system. So it is really the time for banks, for accountants to become um, creative and innovative. So just coming back to what you were saying earlier, you're traveling around the country, you are talking to a lot of people, that sentiment, particularly with the millennials, or really just anybody that is in that situation of having the, the fixed term loan, which they're coming off. In terms of that sentiment, can you just drill down on that a little bit more for us in terms of what you've sort of observed and picked up? Yeah, so the, the general sentiment in Australia is always kind of positive because that's just what the Australian people are like. It is quite interesting, though, to see the, the I would say, simmering anger in the millennial generation. There is a sense that you don't get a fair deal. And statistically speaking, that is very correct because this is the first generation that might not be doing as well, financially speaking, as their parents have done. And we've gotten used to the idea that as kids, we are better off financially speaking than our parents were. And that's not the case. And housing is the 
uh, is the stumbling block here. So what millennials have done over the past couple of, of years is they started families. So that means only now does this big fat generation look for housing. So housing affordability always was an issue, but now it becomes a burning concern because all of a sudden you want to take care of your of your family. And the ultimate goal of every generation is to replicate or improve on their own childhood when they care for their own children. And that is quite difficult in, in this environment. And so geographically speaking, it's pretty clear what millennials have done. They moved from the inner city hipster suburbs where they were living as couples and one and two bedroom apartments, not to suburbia where their parents have moved to 30 years ago when they did the same thing. They moved to the urban fringe because they couldn't move to suburbia since their parents aren't downsizing. They hog, if you will, the three and four bedrooms in, in the middle suburbs and they will only downsize in the 2030s, the baby boomer generation. So that really pushed millennials for geographic reasons and for housing availability reasons to the urban fringe and even to the regions. And that trend is probably not necessarily what they wanted. I'm pretty sure that millennials as a group would have preferred to to stay closer to where they were, but the desire to move into a affordable and sizable home is larger. And that trend will continue for another 13 years or so. Okay. And let's just have a look at the idea of housing and migration. This is kind of bizarre because housing and migration are not linked together. How much of a mistake do you think politically that is? Well, it's, it's crucial and it's quite baffling because the, the Treasury in, in, in their budget papers, they are allowed to essentially forecast or demand how many migrants they want in order to drive up the economy. If you do this by looking at the job openings that are out there, then you put those jobs on the skilled migration list because we can estimate, ah, we need 100 structural engineers, we need uh, 10,000 nurses and so forth. So you put all those jobs on the skilled migration list and if you once you have enough of those people collected that applied for visas, you take the job off the skilled migration list. Any kind of increase or change to the number of migrants that you let into the country should be linked to an adequate increase in housing supply. And we're not doing this. So the budget paper now had 50,000 more migrants than we probably would have expected, which is fine. There are plenty of economic reasons to argue why that should be the case. So that's fine. But we are not demanding, requiring enough housing stock to come online. And that's where you have conflicts of interest. And this is where then the additional migrants that are meant to actually improve the economic lot of society might actually drive house prices up, might uh, lead to more housing shortages. And we realized very <laughs> a long time ago uh, that any kind of mismatch in the number of in the housing supply hurts low income renters and young people the most. And as I mentioned at the start, Australian millennials were a bit of a were a bit of the losers here because they could be ignored. Even though they were as sizable as a total group, the number of millennials that are citizens is relatively small. So if you work against their interest and in favor of older generations, you still have a large enough voter pool to service. So as a self-interested politician, I would ignore everyone under the age of 40 at this stage. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's the problem right there. All right, Simon, well, great to chat with you. Uh, Enjoy your day, and thanks for coming on to the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. It's been a pleasure. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 